welcome back to the Bet on Her podcast. Today we have a truly impressive and inspirational guest with an incredible resume. Um, she's a former VP of Programs and Development for Science of Sport. She was a part of the leadership team at Sports Academy, eventually known as Mama Sports Academy. She's currently serving as president of WISE Los Angeles, that's Women in Sports and Events. Um, she's an active board member for SCGA Communications and Marketing Committee, as well as the Natasha Watley Perfect Foundation. And uh, she was recently named CEO of P1440 Foundation, Inc. Welcome, Ashley Dean. Let's give her a warm welcome, you guys. It is so great to have you here with us today. So excited to be here, and I understand this is episode seven. So congrats yes. to each of you. Yeah, us thank off the ground. Thank, thank you, you, thank you. Nice. So I guess um, with that intro, you have um, quite the resume, and I guess we want to know kind of your start. So how did you, um, or I guess what sparked your interest to kind of pursue this career path? Yeah, I mean, this is always an interesting one because it, it's really been when I think about my career path, it's been a work in progress. So very much living in the moment and really just finding opportunities and taking those opportunities um, as they come. But I, I'll say I grew up an avid sports fan, pretty much played every sport possible, um, really got into, grew up down in San Diego, so got into uh, soccer, softball early on and, and really found great success and love and just being a part of team sports and competing at the highest levels, um, but did experience burnout and so that's when I gravitated toward volleyball, which was which really has become a part of, you know, everything I've done as much as I've tried to leave volleyball. Volleyball's always come back into the picture. Um, and, you know, right away early on, I just realized sports was sport in general was just so much larger than life. And that was going to be something that I wanted to be a part of uh, in some way, shape or form as I ventured into my professional life and career. Um, never really knew what that would look like, uh, you know, having a forward look. It was really a little bit of uh, trial and error. And then sitting here like 20, 25 years into a professional career and looking back, it's like, oh, everything was working out for a reason. And, and so it's cool to finally be at this point where I have a professional role with P1440 that really combines all my experience and, and then my love of volleyball. It's just like the perfect combination. So what has or what was your initial idea or vision when you first set out? as far as with all the club directing and now you're with P1440, what's kind of like the vision now in your career with that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, great, great question. Um, you know, so so let's take a few steps back. So in, in college, I went to an Ivy League school. I got had the opportunity to play volleyball. Um, but my experience at, at Dartmouth was, you know, I showed up in my freshman year. Roommates were, you know, perfect scores on their eight, eight, uh, SATs. They knew exactly what they wanted to do going out of college. I think one of my... Other roommates was a national team uh, ice hockey player for Canada, knew like she was going to go and, and be an Olympian, right? And I'm sitting here thinking, gosh, what am I going to do? You know, fast forward senior year, I interviewed with the CIA. I was a government major. I didn't even necessarily have, you know, sports on 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 kind of my radar, um, but I ended up getting into coaching. And, and that's where I really realized like, wow, there's so many great ways to be a part of the sport. And to be in a leadership role and to do a lot of mentoring and paying it forward and just the development of future athletes. Um, so that's what really I gravitated toward right out of college. I was also able to get my MBA. I was coaching as assistant coach at Northeastern University. So in the back of my mind, I always knew I wanted to really 
kind of lean into the business side of sports. Um, but in my 20s, again, you know, tended to be a little heavier on the coaching side. And, and, and so, you know, it, it took me my experience at Northeastern to realize I wanted to stay in coaching, but I wanted to do more on the business side, which is what took me down to a big, uh, big youth volleyball club down in Texas. Uh, where I was able to to really dive in and start to understand, you know, the workings of what makes a competitive business and a business model. And with youth sports being such, um, you know, a revenue generator for so many organizations, uh, that was kind of great exposure. And that set me up really well for my next steps. Wow. Yeah. What did you learn, I guess, with being in Texas? You said as Texas Tornadoes, is that the club that you directed? That's right. I guess, what did you learn from that experience? And then who mentored you with, um, I guess, entrepreneurship and that side of it as well? Yeah, I mean, great question. So my role at Texas Tornadoes, um, so we're a big volleyball family. My wife has been involved in volleyball. She's coached at every level, including collegiate, USA Volleyball, whatnot. And so, you know, we actually went down there together and jumped into a project. And the goal was really... Um, to develop and grow the developmental part of the game. And so what's interesting about that when you look at volleyball is uh, a lot of the core and the numbers in terms of number of participants come at like the eighth grade and under level. So our, so my goal and was really focused on how am I going to grow the developmental base for the organization. So taking it from, you know, maybe a couple uh, – 50 to 60 athletes and really making it a couple hundred, few hundred athletes that build the pipeline for the organization so that they can stay loyal to the club and they can grow and develop and, and hopefully graduate, right, and go on to play volleyball. That's the goal. But for a lot of them, they are just there because it's a great sport and they're learning other life skills. So my experience there really helped me understand, you know, how to, how to develop programming that was sustainable and how to grow and market the programming to build build numbers and really create a foundation for a successful business as as they graduate and grow into you know the the higher level of play. Amazing! Wow, I know. Is it? And you kind of asked too, but um, so you're part of Wise, which is the nonprofit that helps um, provide you know mentorship and career and stuff. So, uh, did you have a mentor that you like during your college career or younger or whatever that um, might have inspired you? to be involved in WISE or to um, just kind of like helped you in your career path? Yeah, so, you know, me my mentors have come, um, I've had numerous mentors in, in life. Um, you know, my coaches have been great mentors for me, specifically my college coaches. And, and they were mentors more so in just um, becoming the best version of myself, right? And, and college is such a awesome time it's also a very challenging time right and full of transition and you know we're all we're all finding ourselves in a lot of ways in college and so that's where my mentors really stepped in and again I had two strong uh, female coaches head coach assistant coach and then I had a really strong strength and conditioning coach who at the time for me really I think you know without officially having a title of you know mental health support and and that really didn't exist I was I was in college around 2000 right so so they really serve that role. And now you see all these universities have so many great resources like career development resources, mental, mental, emotional health, and how we're really supporting our athletes on, on that journey. Um, so they really gave me, I think, the right foundation and to encourage me just to, you know, take a shot, take a shot and go for it. Um, and they continue, all three of them continue to be in my life in that role. And then along the way, I've had different mentors, both male and female, who have stepped in at pivotal times in my career, um, and certainly, you know, are more prominent now as as 
you know, I'm in this in this sports uh, sports based nonprofit environment. Um, those those mentors look different. And a lot of times, those mentors are you know other CEOs and other presidents of, of organizations. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear because I feel like, um, at least maybe in our generation, I feel like you don't really hear a lot of players feeling like they got a lot out of their college experience from a coaching perspective. Like I feel I've heard more bad experiences than good. So that's really cool that, that you were able to get that out of your college experience. Yeah, I, 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 and I didn't recognize it at the time, right? It's one of those things where now in hindsight, you're like, oh yeah, these people are, you know, they're part of my tribe. They're still here. They're still, you know, checking in on me as a mom and, you know, obviously supporting, they're all on the East Coast, but supporting from, from afar. So um, felt very blessed in that regard. Tell us a little bit more about um, P1440. What, what is it? Um, what is your vision for it and, um, what challenges do you have? Yeah. So P1440. So, so we are officially a nonprofit, which is really exciting. We just received word, um, just a couple weeks ago. So P1440 foundation, um, is, is really, you know, how we're leading and, and talking about the future of, of the organization. So it was started in, in 2018 by three time Olympic gold medalist, Carrie Walsh Jennings and her husband, Casey. Casey Jennings. And, you know, the organization has had numerous iterations, but the the calling for me to this organization really happened months ago when uh, they were they were looking for someone to come in and lead the nonprofit um, in, a, in a CEO, CEO, executive director role. And for me, you know, th- for me personally and professionally, I'd made the transition to the nonprofit side probably three years ago during COVID and I was also on maternity leave and realized that was really an area that I wanted to, to focus on and, and to really serve and give back. I never thought it was possible in the volleyball space. So that's, that's again, the icing on the cake, but uh, our mission is to unite, empower and inspire through the transformative sport of beach volleyball. And so what that means is we want to not only expand the game for beach volleyball, but we want to provide more access so when you think about where beach volleyball in particular is in, in its life and in the ecosystem, it's many, many years, if not decades, behind what we know on the indoor side. So there's just not a lot of opportunity yet. It also happens to be one of the fastest growing sports at the collegiate level. More and more universities are providing scholarships. So now there's this incredible pathway for athletes to start committing to the game at a younger level. And I believe you two played indoor first, right? So yes, we did. Yes, correct. So collegiate indoor athletes, you both transition transition to the beach. So now we have this opportunity where, you know, and and I'm we're not we don't have to go into the whole specialization because I'm not necessarily for that, but <laughs> I understand how there's those like pressures, right, to do that. And so now, you know, for those who really want to pursue the sport there's going to be that pathway, right? They can get access earlier. Um, they can get exposed to the game a lot younger. But then at the same time, we think about, and a lot of the work on the P1440 Foundation side is really going to say, well, how do we get more access to play? So what that means is how are we going to create sustainable programs in underserved communities that have yet to be introduced to the game and bring those programs to life? And that's going to be through our fundraising efforts. We're going to have grants and and strategic partners in these communities that will allow us to provide not only the coaching, but also the skills um, and, and 
and supported the staff there to be able to introduce these athletes and, and young individuals. And they may not even identify as athletes yet. They're just students, right? And so now they get exposed to the game. They start to see incredible role models out there playing the game. And they realize like, wow, this is this is for me. This is something I want to try. And, and it just helps grow the base, right, of, of the sport. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I We had a guest on a couple of weeks ago, Taryn Cloth, and she talked about, she's from South Dakota, and how she was hoping that there'd be something that could help younger kids be exposed to the sport, have experience with it, because she didn't at all. And she obviously comes from a very, um, you know, a state that there's not a lot of people or there's not a lot of people playing the sport in general. Um, so does P1440 have specific locations that you're targeting initially or um, where is, what's your plan with that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So right now, you know, the core of what we do, we do have this established um, tour. So it's called the Features Tour. And so we have, we're basically in five, we, we operate events right now in, in, I would say, seven to ten different states. So we're, we're kind of run along the south part of the, the country, but we're starting to do a lot more in the Midwest. And so for us, strategically, those are great markets to start in because we already have a footprint now, the footprints, again, on the junior side, so more so for these athletes who are looking to get recruited and go on and play in college. But what it allows us to do is create great service model where we can create programming where these athletes are showing up on the weekend to compete, can also be a part of community service and community-related programs in those markets. So to answer your question, like top five markets have been identified um, LA is going to be one of them. You know, we're looking in Texas, Cincinnati. We'll do something in Florida. New Orleans is interesting to us, but there's no reason we can't grow and expand. And all it's going to take is really an advocate in that community. So it was Taryn, you said. So yes, I think yeah. Taryn and I should talk. <laughs> I would love South Dakota is one of the states I've actually never been to. There's only a handful. So I'd love a reason to go there. Would love to bring the organization there. And obviously, you know, that's the beauty of the sport is like everyone has their own journey and there's just so many ways to get back, right? I guess for the listeners, um, how do we get involved with P1440? Like where does like a young kid, like where can I go access this and get my start? Yeah, so such a good question. And, and some of that, you know, we're, we're gonna have more forward facing communication rolling out in the next month or so. So I would say the first thing, if you have Instagram, go on at platform 1440. And then the other um, opportunity is to email us at info at p1440.com and then that way we'll get you into the database we'll get you into the communication and then you'll be a part of just our regular updates um, and then you know if you if you live in uh, if you live in some of the areas where we're hosting events and again that information's on our website which is www.p1440.com you can head there you can see where our events are and there's always an opportunity to show up and just engage with our staff who we have such a great team and they're on site at the events and um, a great way to put a face with a name. How has it been um, working with Carrie Walsh? Carrie is fantastic. So, you know, my my background, well, I would say my interaction, and I'm not even sure if I've, I've told Carrie this, but I, I found a photo and, you know, through Carrie and I are of the same era. So obviously very much aware of um, her as a player and her, her career, but there have been numerous points where you know she was she was on an event as a speaker and and I was there as a coach and whatnot and actually found a, a photo from when I was at Tornadoes we were at I think AAUs and the team that I was coaching like at the time got we got our photo with Carrie right so it's so funny to have this all come back around full circle and she's just been such a wonderful 
teammate. I mean, she's just so incredibly authentic and such a big part of just the everyday essence of P1440. Um, so it's been, you know, such a highlight, just really getting to spend time with her and really understanding her vision and just who she is as, as an individual and her authenticity and her holistic approach to just life in general. I mean, it is really just so vibrant within our within our messaging and community as P1440, and that will continue to be the case. Um, so I know that Dana at the beginning listed off a bunch of things on your resume, and we didn't really get to tap into all of them. But I definitely wanted to hear more about the WISE um, nonprofit that you're involved in and then also the Mambo Sports Academy, too. So maybe let's start with WISE first and kind of share more about your involvement with it, um, exactly what it does um, and how it helps women. Amazing. Well, WISE stands for Women in Sports and Events. And so this actually was such a pivotal kind of turning point for me in my career. So for all of our listeners out there who are interested in being in the business of sports, so this would be, this is different than being an athlete or a professional athlete. This is someone who actually wants to maybe serve in the front office for a professional team or one wants to be a broadcaster, or work, work on the business side of, of any media company, wants to become an agent. There's an organization, it's a nationally based organization which is wise, it has 25 chapters. So I'm president of the Los Angeles chapter. And this actually opportunity came to me to come and be a part of this, uh, th this chapter when when I started at Sports Academy, which was back in 2015. And I had just a fellow colleague, you know, introduced me to the organization and just said, Hey, you're new to the area, you guys are trying to start a business out here, Sports Academy, it's, it'd be a great way for you to really build your network. Well, fast forward now, gosh, what's it, eight years later, and I've been president for the last three years, and basically what it's allowed me to do is establish, um, you know, a tremendous network and platform um, pretty much with any female leader within Los Angeles, but really the goal of WISE is to provide leading uh, cutting-edge resources for women in the business of sports. So we create programming. It's it's nonprofit. It's a membership based membership based model. You pay a membership fee, to, and then you get access to all these wonderful programs in person. And we were virtual there for a while during COVID. And it's all about helping women uh, get the tools they need, develop a mentorship base. Mentorship's one of our biggest pillars, um, and just provide resources to help them navigate their career as a female in the sports industry. Um, and, and the wonderful thing is, again, it's a national platform. There's 23 chapters, so you can go to a lot of other cities across the country and immediately be connected to this population just through your association with WISE. So I'm signing up. Please. I'm getting a membership right after this. Got it. Yeah. Love it. We'd love to have you. Yeah. In fact, you guys maybe could be speakers at one of our... Uh, oh my gosh, on a panel? Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, and, and LA is like such a, such a crazy market for sports, right? I mean, we have so many teams. Then you look at what, you know, we had the LA Sparks, of course, and then Angel City comes in, Angel City Football Club and everything they're doing. And I mean, that's our community, right? That's who we're supporting, as well as all of, all of the men's pro teams as well. But I mean, it's such a great place to be when you think about, you know, being in the industry and, and wanting to be in, in kind of a thought leadership role and how we approach the sports industry across at a national level. That's so cool. I definitely. Yeah. I mean, that would just be a great network for us even to be a part of. So um, 
have you interested have you spoken on a panel or do you lead these or what's kind of your role yeah. behind the scenes great question so we we are a very strong chapter so we operate so our board is made up of 12 women who work in different elements of the sports industry and so we operate as a small business in a lot of ways so what we'll do is we'll actually we'll do more of the organi organizational side of it and like bringing the right speakers together around certain really industry industry specific topics um, so we're a little bit more on the back end and we like operationalize everything uh, but but you know we're we're also out there having great conversations and really trying to understand you know the need and what people want to hear and then we take that bring that back to a monthly board meeting and really talk about how we're going to bring that to life for our members i want to sign up today and go to the first workshop yeah <laughs> Counting you in. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so then how did you get involved with the Mamba Sports Academy? So when, so my wife and I moved from Texas, we came back out to Thousand Oaks. Um, and a little of it was right place, right time. Uh, we All my in-laws are in Thousand Oaks and we knew we wanted to be back in California being California natives. And actually through, through some longtime volleyball contacts, uh, got connected with, the CEO of Sports Academy, and at the time, this was really an intro to startup environment for me. So, you know, got got exposed to someone who was really, um, really comfortable operating on on scaling and growing a business. And so, he brought a team in, and because of my recent experience at Texas Tornadoes at the time, which was really focused on, there was a little bit of like facility management. The facility in Texas was sixty thousand square feet. Sports Academy was a hundred thousand square feet. So, you know, I, I don't know if that means anything to our audience, but it, picture a couple of, you know, I think it would relate to like a couple of football fields, all indoors. And then you bring in every piece of uh, an element that that an athlete would want from a training environment. And it becomes the Disneyland for athletes. Right. Sounds so, fun. Sign me uh, up for that, too. It's like and, you know, for Californians, as soon as, as soon as it starts raining, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, Gina and Kelly are like, yeah, how do we go train inside? Well, we, you know, while we're dealing with some of the rain we're having out here right now. But um, so, you know, this this vision and, and under his leadership, there was a core team that came together and it was a totally gutted building. So it was basically this wide open canvas. And we, through about a year of development prior to even being open to the public, started kind of picking and choosing what we wanted to be a part of, of Sports Academy. So, you know, it became a very holistic approach to how an athlete trains. And we viewed athletes from anyone who's just entering their career or, or trying a new sport, you know, seven, eight years old, all the way up to the best of the best across all the sports. So we'd have, you know, the best professional athletes come through during whatever, you know, journey they were on as in their training. So fast forward a couple of years and sports academies, you know, opened the facilities there and, and Kobe came up. And at the time he was uh, coaching his daughter Gigi and the team down in down in uh, Costa Mesa. He came up and saw the experience. He brought the team through and realized it was so aligned in so many ways with what his vision had been for athletes and kind of what how he had thought about the right way to train that there was an instant um, opportunity for the leadership team to really explore how this how this could work under under Kobe's vision as well. And so that that is when it transitioned to, to Mamba Sports Academy. Wow. Yeah. Wow, goosebumps. Are you guys trying to expand or you have one location up in Thousand Oaks? Are there going to be multiple 
throughout SoCal or yeah. nationwide? So I, I left the organization during COVID, um, but I do know at that time there was a second location out in Frisco, Texas. Um, so I know there's there's two that, that exist now. And, um, you know, I, that's that's what I know of it now. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I, I know the vision was to expand and I just I, I'm not close enough now to know what kind of where they are on that and that journey. I wish it were closer. I wish I had these resources when I was like 14. I I'm know. like, oh, I want to go here. I'm going to sign up for this. And like, what a great, what a great, um, I guess, environment that you've created and resources for these young athletes to have. And like, it'll prep them for, you know, college and they'll be ahead of the game or ahead of the curve already before they're like freshmen at a university, wherever they play. Yeah. I remember just like going to the gym and like lifting weights and figuring it out on my own. So this is such a great resource for the up and comers. Yeah. And so much of that experience like blends really nicely into what we're doing on the P1440 side, because again, going back to, you know, the real vision and, and when you hear Carrie talk about like a holistic approach and, and her, you know, approach to, to training is, is how, how are you incorporating all the elements? Right. So, and I bet you two have a similar experience now is, you know, you have to factor in your recovery. What are you doing on the mindfulness and the mental part of the game? How are you approaching that? You know, how are you, how are you thinking through injury prevention? And so we're really also trying to bring that to our community, which is P1440 is predominantly a membership based organization. We have a lot of followers and subscribers who keep, keep in touch with what we're doing, but we are a very um, kind of niche niche community of members, and we want to bring that education because that's what it comes down to. It's educating our athletes. It's educating the parents. It's providing the resources to the clubs to be able to, and directors to really br be able to bring those elements of the game uh, to, to the community, to the beach community. That's great. What um I kind of wanted to ask, like, what advice do you have for – um, maybe on the more business side, like people who are wanting to get involved and, you know, follow a similar path of entrepreneurship, working in startups. Um, Someone like myself. <laughs> <laughs> what but, advice do you have for Dana? I mean, I, it's been rough. I mean, starting it all by yourself and it's hard. Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing is it's never too early to grow your network. Right. And I think, Dana, you're, you know, putting you on the spot here. I think you're doing an OK job of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, a few people. Right. You, yeah. And, and just, you know, you, it, always if someone someone offers to connect you with someone, always follow up on that because you, you just never know where that connection could be. And it could be three conversations and three connections down the road where it's like, ah, I see the path now and why that was made. The second second piece of advice is volunteer and like try things. If you don't know if you want to, you don't know one hundred percent if you want to go into something, go volunteer. Try to try to get in a role where you can just get some exposure. Um, you know, I'm I'm even thinking on a little bit more so on the business side. And you know, if many of you are coming, in, you have an opportunity to be an intern. Intern, maybe go work for an organization and get you know, provide some free time, even if it's not paid, you're going to get a good understanding of whether you want to, you know, pursue that opportunity or not. Um, and, and then serve on boards, like the wise is a great example. Natasha Watley Foundation is another board I'm on, you know, for those of you who have played, I go back to your alma mater. And you know, there's probably like a friends of for me, it's friends of Dartmouth volleyball, it's a fundraising board for the women's volleyball program. But it's it's a great way to get one, build your contacts to get experience and, and kind of reps and leadership, right? And and it's volunteer a lot of times, but it, it ends up leading to so many great opportunities. Yeah, I mean, for me, if it, if I hadn't started 
working with Carly Wolfpad and Betsy Flint, then Carrie Walsh would have, would have never found me. And then Carrie Walsh connected Ashley and I. And then we had a couple conversations and then Haley, of course, and then back to Carrie. And, and so then the podcast happened and here we are. And now, you know, Gina and Keller are going to be members yeah. of WISE. Yes. And, yep. so, What's up? and Taryn's going to help lead our initiatives on P1440. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's, let's build yeah. this empire, you guys. Let's, yeah. let's empower the, the young generation and, and, give them the tools to be successful based off of the experiences we have collectively together. Um, and I didn't want to mention this, but we do have a potential initiative starting soon. Maybe you could be a part of that conversation as well. I'd love to learn more. Yeah. We have a meeting afterwards. Okay. <laughs> Let me know how I can help. Okay. Let me know how I can help. Yeah. I think, you know, the mentorship side is so, so key, right? And we all, we all probably can sit here and talk about the mentors that we either had or, or who we aspire to have. Right. But then you also get the opportunity to recognize like, oh, I want to be a mentee, but I also get to be a mentor. And what does that look like? And how are we creating those paths and opportunities for, and, and a way forward, you know, for the future, yeah. future generation. Yeah, for sure. What about, um, being a female in this industry? Like, have you had to come across any hurdles? Um, or do you feel like, you know, I mean, I feel like being a woman in a higher position uh, in our day and age, you know, it's, you're starting to see it a little bit more and more, but I, I wondered if you'd come across any um, adversity in that way. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the biggest, the, this question comes up a lot, right? And, and sports industry in ge general tends to be male dominated, which was why WISE, the organization was even founded, you know, a couple decades ago was how do we bring this group of women together to support each other? You know, I think when you, when you kind of flip, flip the opportunity to think about it as, hey, I might be one of the only females in the room, but what a great empowering position to you know, confidently sit at the table and tell a very unique perspective that chances are the other individuals, especially if they're all male in the room, aren't going to see it that way. And so, you know, that's where sports and, and being an athlete has been such a great kind of backbone and, and confidence builder. You can take a lot of that and think about the hurdles that you've overcome as an athlete and, you know, trying to win big matches and failing sometimes and then getting back up. And, and bring that to life in, in your role in your organization. And so, you know, take that confidence and confidently sit at the table. And, yeah, it can be terrifying at times, but you're not going to realize how much you can grow until until you go and do it, right? And then, you know, I have a three-year-old son, and so we're starting to get into this message of, like, hey, if you fall, what are you going to do? And he'll say, like, get back up, you know? And so it's, like, the same as, you know, sitting here as mom and, and you know, lead, leading an organization and, and being an ema uh, a female in the sports industry, it's like, okay, if I fail, I'm just going to get back up and keep doing it. Where would you say your drive came from? So my, I'd say my mom, actually. Um, so grew up, uh, only child, you know, my mom was a nationally ranked tennis player and um, just a workaholic and, and, you know, workaholic in whatever she was interested in. Um, nowadays, it's golf and she's on the golf course retired, like golfing three times a week, you know, so it's a good, it's a good life, right? But yeah, she really, really taught me just, you know, to grind and, and her commitment you know, she's so goal oriented and goal focused. And I, I think, you know, I really, really saw that, um, not realizing I was seeing that, you know, as I was growing up, but in hindsight, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm following, you know, I'm probably a little too much like my mom than I, I should be, but, um, but I give her a lot of that credit. And then what, what about, a, what example do you hope to leave for your son? Cause your son's three, you said three. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is, 
really just how to be a kind, compassionate human is, is really, you know, sure. Do I do, do we hope he's an athlete? Well, I don't know. You know, he really likes to sing. He's, you know, so there's, there's all these things where it's like, okay, he's really into trucks and dinosaurs and not any of the sports yet. Like what should we be worried? You know, and at the end of the day, if he's an athlete, you know, and into sports, that's great. Like really the big thing though, is like finding something right that you're into and being committed to it. Um, but then also how, how are you going to be a great human and kind of citizen of the world? And, you know, we let, we travel all over the world. We're very lucky to have done that. Um, but excited to start getting them out there on those journeys too. And just understand, you know, there's a lot of walks of life and there's a lot of different paths and how to be open and receptive to all that. And, um, you know, be a part of, be, be a part of the greater picture, right? You mentioned in the bio that you shared with us that you have, you have a goal set of traveling to how many countries by the time you're 50. Okay, so <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> now I have to think about 50 because okay. I missed 40, but the original goal was 40 countries by 40. Well, COVID happened yeah. and I was at 39 oh, countries. Dang it. So now I have to, you know, we have to look at, uh, yeah, the, it'll be 50 countries by 50. And I will say I'm, I'm 43, so seven years. So we can do the math on, you know, that's pretty much one country a year. So that's yeah. pretty doable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the goal. So let's let's come back in seven years and you guys will hold me Perfect. to this. Perfect. Hold me yeah. to this. You can be my accountability buddies. But um, I think for sure, yeah, that would be, that'd be sweet. Good way to celebrate 50. <laughs> Where's your favorite place you've traveled to? Oh, this is this is tough because there it, a lot of it has to do with like who who I've been with, right? Um, and then who, who was there? But uh, Israel, pretty incredible. Where in Israel? Uh, you know, went to uh, like four or five different. So I, here would be my recommendation with Israel is we did a tour and it was awesome because you know you're getting all the history. I mean, the best part about it, Israel is the history, um, and it's obviously very very scenic. So so do a tour, go to all the hot spots. Um, got to celebrate actually one of my mentors, uh, 50th birthday in Greece. And there was a big, you know, house and there was, a, you know, a group of 12, 15 of us there. So that was just super memorable. Um, and then Peru, if you go, go to Machu Picchu, do, do that. Um, so there's some good ones out there. That's always a hard question. I, I, I'm an avid traveler too. So I always like to hear maybe place I haven't been to Israel so but definitely I'm adding that to my list well and here's and one more thing if you want to if you're all about like checking off the countries Vatican City is considered a country so you can go so if you go really? to Rome go to Vatican City and then Liechtenstein is a country that's like right in the middle of Europe and you can just like stop have lunch on a train ride you know spend a couple hours and then you just add it that's <laughs> that's an easy little check off that's right there's easy. there's you know <laughs> There's some ways to ramp, you know, ramp up the ramp up the total faster than than probably you think. So I like to end it with um, a couple of things. The first one being um, this question, which you may have already heard or have seen on our podcast. How do you take a bet on yourself, or how have you taken a bet on yourself? Yeah, um, I I would say a big one for me was transitioning to the nonprofit. Um, so had no experience, just really listened to my intuition and, and I'm big, you know, I, I really believe in that. So, so there's two things, right? One, like intuition. And then the other part is, you know, manifesting something. Um, and so during, during COVID, uh, the bet I took on myself is that 
you know, I really felt this calling to serve in, in the professional space. And so for me, what that looked like is I wanted to be involved in a nonprofit, which I joined Science of Sport, a youth-based nonprofit that focused in sports as well. And that was a cool combination of, of bringing STEM to life through sports. So, it was, so there was a very academic piece to it, but it was also heavy sport. And, and so I, I went for it. You know, you'd, I'd say up until that point, everything was very for-profit. Um, kind of my experience was on the for-profit side. Mm-hmm. And I went for it. And, you know, a year in, I realized, okay, now I'm gonna, I really want to do this. And I really want to continue to grow my career in the nonprofit side, which, which then led me to P1440. And the second piece here is I'm going to open the floor to you. If there's anything on your heart or mind that you want to share with us here in the room or the individuals that are listening, the floor is yours. Gosh, you know, uh, the last thing <laughs> I'll say, how, how much time do we have? <laughs> Let it yeah. rip. I Let mean, rip. hey, I'm sitting here with, with three other incredible women. And, you know, I think about, again, and, and I brought this up a little bit uh, earlier, but but how how impactful it is and how empowering, you know, I hope everyone in the audience really feels um, being a female, right? And being a female, and and if you're a former athlete, that, you know, gives you uh, so many other skills in in a lot of ways. But whether you identify as an athlete or not, or just someone who's a sports enthusiast, like being a female in this environment, yes, it has its challenges, but I would just encourage everyone to just continue to rise to those challenges. And, you know, if you can turn it into, you know, I like to think about those photos where it's like you standing there in your power pose with a cape on, right? Like just look in the mirror every day in that pose and just take on whatever the day is going to bring you. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you fail, you're going to have a great community. I now know I have these three incredible women here (laughs) who I can call at any time, right? They're they're a part of the community. And, you know, we we need to continue to support each other in this journey and, and continue to help uh, women empower women. So thank you for, that. yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I wanted to just end this with your passion statement, which you shared in your bio. I think it's incredibly, uh, powerful. And I think we all here, um, just agree that we, first of all, we, we love this thing. Um, so I want to share this with our audience and it is, uh, life is about being a part of something greater than myself being a contributor, a thought leader, mentor, a friend, a role model. I believe the journey uh, one takes through through sport is a catalyst for developing greatness, the dedication, the will, the challenge, and ultimately the growth. That is so powerful. Um, and I think that's how we're going to end it today. Thank you for joining us. We love to have you. This was awesome. This has been super fun. Yes. Yeah. Can I come back for episode 13? Because that's my lucky number. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let's we'll do it. Do it. Perfect. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and this is the Bet on Her podcast. Thank you, everyone. And cut. Cut.